0: Hi, this is Angie Meadows and Bobby Snyder. We're back today with Rocker Recovery, Overcoming Trauma. We're working through the trauma book. Uh, it's on available on AmazonBooks.com under Angie G. Meadows. We have worked through lesson one, which is the trauma trap, recognizing your trauma, understanding your thinking patterns and your emotional patterns, because We only have 5% of our behaviors uh, in our thinking. The rest of it is in our emotional DNA in our imprint. So then we go through an evaluation as to how to evaluate that, how to evaluate our trauma imprints. And then we go to lesson two, understanding how to develop maturity, particularly emotional maturity, by recognizing our wounds, releasing and replacing them finding a mood tracer and symptoms of our anger and refusing this and retraining it, reshaping it and reaching out to others and building that strong fortress to defend ourselves and to mature in our emotions. And then we went to mental prisons, understanding our obsessing and our self-defeating emotions and identifying our mental prisons and then identifying our carnal thinking. So today, we are going to do recovery from a mental prison. If you missed any of these episodes, they're on my podcast, Rock A Recovery, uh, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora. Um, So today, we're going to talk about recovery from this mental prison. Uh, The scripture is you want to read that for us Bobby
1: sure 1st Corinthians 2 16 says for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ
0: we have the mind of Christ now that's above me (laughs) that's bigger than me it's like I have what what do I have are you
1: sure (laughs) that's a, a lot of the things that we don't realize we have like we we got we were in a ministry class together and uh I got woke up to a lot of the things that I do have inside of me that I never even possibly yes. knew existed.
0: So here we are. and We have the mind of Christ. We don't need an anxious mind. I mean, we don't need a fretful, fearful, worrisome mind. We can uh, learn emotional skills and learn to have the mind of Christ. So that's what we're working through today. So work on the introduction here, Bob.
1: Your emotions are fickle and cannot be trusted. Wherever your peace is gone... If you do not slow down and process what robbed your peace, you're on the way to an emotional, carnal thinking pattern and a mental prison. So, so, my, so my peace uh, is connected to
0: my emotions. So if my emotions are allowed to rule me and run rampant and uh, gauge my day as to whether or not it's happy or not, um, I, I get stuck really quick.
1: If I run my life based on feelings, I head the wrong direction. Amen. Uh, Because feelings aren't facts. And that's, to me, the difference between stuff that's rational and irrational. If I base a thought on a rational thought... Uh, It's got some legs and it's a real thing and it's based on facts, but if I'm basing what I'm doing on how I feel I mean because I can feel ten different ways about the same situation on some certain occasions, so it's not really an actual fact
0: Well now here's another thought that that I have been learning over the last decade or so how I have uh, feelings that are uh, need to be processed and identified uh, validated and worked through and released and not indulged and then I have feelings that are spiritual and sanctified where I can come up beside a person and pray for them and I can feel their grieving. I can feel their depression and now I know what way to move. So I've learned and I'm still learning how to discern when God is using my feelings to guide me and when um, my feelings are just going to land me in a place of suffering so let's continue
1: now in recovery you need to develop gateways to protect your soul your eyes ears mind heart are the main gateways it takes intentional disciplining our lives throughout the power of the holy spirit to protect these gates spiritual eyes spiritual ears heart of christ mind of christ you must find calvary calvary is a place where we learn to suffer well Suffer well. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> sound like a, a good idea.
0: That's a foreign <laughs> concept. Learning how to suffer well, and the way I think I've learned that is, I sit with my suffering and I identify it. I pull it up out of that emotional subconscious. Wait a minute, what just triggered me? What just stole my peace? What just uh, made me feel divided, confused? And as I do that, then I can, I can, um, I can process it. I can. I can release it. I cannot identify with it, so it so it does not have power over me. So in spiritual eyes. Um, we have carnal eyes, we have physical eyes, and we have spiritual eyes. So if I can't see, get a vision for the future, for where God is leading me and where, what's in my heart, I might get lost. So as you draw close to God, your spiritual eyes will be enlightened and you will have hope and see the glorious riches of your inheritance in Ephesians 1.18. Where there is no vision, no revelation, the people perish, which means they cast off restraint. But he that keeps the law, holds God's word, esteemed and revered, is happy. Proverbs 29, 18 Well, my friends, we must have a vision for the future of peace in Christ. And I think this is our inheritance, to hang on to that peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But it's intentional for me to seek my peace and to be able to have the capacity to hold it and understand that it's my inheritance and my right to have peace and to guard my heart against anything that's trying to rob
1: it. I think, you know, going back to that first, uh, to, to that proverb, um, it's kind of been a, a, a theme or just something that I've been paying attention to, I guess because God's having me listen to it, but that that when I, there, there is a law, there's the law, and, and I, I fail at following it all the time. But what what happens is through time, um, you know, I have this set of rules, so to speak, in life and all that stuff that I'm supposed to follow. And I can follow them and be a good uh, citizen, a good programmer if I'm in a recovery program. You know, dot all my I's, cross all my T's. Eventually, it becomes who I am, not what I'm doing. Like I will do things that are the right way because that's just how I do them now. Uh, there's a piece in the big book that says what used to be the hunter, occasional inspiration, gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And for me, that makes a lot of sense. So, like, I used to have, I was, I had, I make my bed in the morning, let's say, because it was the rule of the recovery house I lived in. Now I just make the bed because it's something that I do. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm following a rule. I have my own place. I don't, I don't have somebody telling me I have to make my bed.
0: So now what you're saying is
1: that you have internal controls. Right the, the, it's, there's been a shift and the bed mm-hmm. thing is just very minimal um, right. it, the, right. it, it gets bigger It does it does Way
0: bigger. and the and the I think the word here I want to say is practice as i practice Getting up, doing the next thing, making the bed, open the curtains, fixing breakfast. As I practice that, and st- I'm in the present moment, and I'm not so driven, stuck by emotions about what somebody said, what somebody did, or how I might be, what I might have to be facing that day.
1: That word always gets me because we talk about doctors practicing medicine. I'm like, (laughs) if if you're just practicing, who's the real deal here?
0: (laughs) We're just practicing. Well, let's see. What would it look like if I was practicing my peace? I I would talk to myself and I would say, you know, you just dropped in some fretfulness here, some anxiety, some worry, some, some fear. What would it look like if you practiced peace here? And I'd say, oh, yeah i get a vision for what God's teaching me, for where He's, where He's gui- leading me, or where He's guiding me. Uh, I'd, I'd understand I'd understand that I have some spiritual eyes here that I need to exercise. And as I exercise these spiritual eyes, then I can see what God, where God is moving me. So without this revelation of why we exist, there is no reason for us to restrain the carnal side of our self and, nat- and nurture the spiritual side the eyes are a gateway to our minds we must be vigilant about what we will and will not allow our eyes to gaze upon and job made a covenant with his eyes to not look lustfully upon a maiden in job thirty-one-one. so if i was making a covenant with my eyes then whatever was tempting me drawing me away confusing me um making me crazy you know making me fearful anxious that type of stuff would be the things that i would make a covenant with so we have gateways to our soul. So we, we want to be guided by our spirit man through the Holy Spirit and not our soulish, emotional man. Um, that leads us into the ditch in, of, of life and in, ditch of anxiety. So we have spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, a heart, and a mind of Christ. If I allow those things to protect me, now I have a gateway over my soul. So Bobby, kick us off here with the spiritual ears.
1: Spiritual ears, when we accept a wound uh, or an offense, we lose our peace and begin to stumble. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Mark 4.17 When we forget provisions of the Lord and his promise, our perception is skewed and our understanding is faulty. Do you have eyes to fail to see, your ears but fail to hear? And do you remember? Now don't you remember? Mark 8.18 Be careful what you allow your ears to hear. Allow of no obscenity or foolish talk or coarse joking, Ephesians 5.4. Let no one deceive you with empty words, Ephesians 5.6. You know,
0: I can, kind of, um, I can kind of hear my heart divide if I'm, if I'm listening to empty words. Um, I can feel it now. I can discern it having walked with the Lord for, for many years and holding my peace, I can feel my heart divide and my peace hide. And when my peace is gone, I realize that I'm out of step with the Lord. So I start tracing the trail back and figure out what happened to my peace. Let's go for the heart of Christ.
1: Forgetfulness of God's provisions will lead to a hardened heart.
0: Ooh.
1: Ouch. Mark 8, 17.
0: Now a hardened heart, whenever my heart is hard, I can't receive God's grace, His mercy, His love, His provision, His peace, my heart's hard. So all of the goodness that God wanted to give me kind of, uh, it rolls off. And, and I feel like that my hardened heart comes from a wound. And, and we'll identify our wounds in the next lesson. So when I have wounds, somebody's hurt me, I really need to trace that back. And I need to roll with forgiveness and let that go so my heart doesn't get hard. Because if it gets hard towards another person because I'm hurt and I'm trying to protect myself, it automatically seems to get hard towards God.
1: The inventory process in recovery is what's very key uh, for this part, um, where we... Take a look at our resentments, our fears, and our harms to others that caused us all the guilt, shame, and remorse. Um, that's a good good place to start uh, opening our heart and, and softening it, mm-hmm. if, you, if you may. So a stubborn stubborn
0: refusal to believe and the deceitfulness of sin also hardens the heart. It could be your sin or the sin of another person. In Hebrews 3... 12 through 13 in Mark 16, 14. So there's a deceitfulness here if I allow my heart to harden, if I allow that anxiety to steal my peace. Um, so when you your peace is gone, I want you to start looking for the lie that you're believing. Okay, what lie am I believing that just robbed me? Now read that verse.
1: Now that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend and to know the love of Christ and may be filled with the fullness of God. Next, we'll do a heart study and you'll be able to evaluate the condition of your heart and lay it open before God as the psalmist David. David asked God to enlarge his heart or set it free. I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free or enlarged his heart. In Psalm Mm. 119.32, he said that. So a lot of times when I'm stuck,
0: I ask God to enlarge my heart that I might suffer well, that I might practice emotional maturity, that I might practice holding
1: my peace. For now, above all else, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23. Now that, that makes others earn the right to become close and trusted friend.
0: Yeah, if you want to talk about that? It's like I've developed a
1: filter. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm almost a recluse hermit. Uh, I don't associate with a whole lot of people, but I have a lot of people that are in my circle. If that makes any sense at all, or if you know me, then you definitely understand that. Yeah. Um, but I'm very careful about who I let in. And and, and I take risks sometimes. I believe it's, it's healthy to take risks and, and let other people in for a brief period of time. But there's like an evaluation period, if mm-hmm, that makes any mm-hmm, sense, where I'm mm-hmm. really kind of feeling somebody out. Um, but I go into every situation with the hope and promise that it's going to flourish and going to be beautiful at the end. Because if I wasn't in that posture... I wouldn't want to attempt to, to enlarge my circle with that individual, if right. that makes any sense. It, it
0: does make if sense. If I don't think
1: it's going to be great, then I'm not even going to pursue it.
0: And then there's that verse, it makes me think of that verse that says, don't cast your pearls before swine. So if i am got a new person in my life, I need to see if they're a good fit, if they're a compliment, or if they're just a taker, a user, if they're trying to play me.
1: If... Or if they're just nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if they're going
0: to turn around and stab me in the back. If they're going to say I said things that I didn't say, if they're going to misunderstand everything I do say and say I said things that I, I didn't mean. And so I have, to, I have to decide, okay, what kind of health do they have and are they doing as much work to get healthier as I'm doing? Uh, because if not, they're, they're going to be dragging me down. So I want to make sure that this person is not uh, a vampire, (laughs) an energy sucker, you know, blood sucker. I want to make sure that there's somebody that can complement.
1: No matter how far I progress spiritually, I always want to consider myself uh, to be a little sick. uh, Otherwise, I won't be able to grow. So two sickos don't make a well-o. So i got to make sure someone's on the same path and growing too.
0: Right. And as long as I'm identifying my sickness and saying, here it is, I need help with this... Um, then I think that that's healthy, as, as long as I'm not stuffing it and hiding it and turning it and blaming
1: somebody else, that type of stuff. Well, that blaming, that victim stance is, is bad.
0: Well, that's an insecure attachment. <laughs> yeah. If I'm blaming others, it's very insecure. Um, so if I'm secure, I, I can own my own side of the street. I can clean up my own garbage. So let's go for the mind of Christ.
1: Now we're going to work on what our spiritual mind looks like. The natural man cannot receive the things of God. There's foolishness, their foolishness unto him, but they are spiritually discerned. But we have the mind of Christ. There that is again. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, 16. Mentally, we must be still and know that God is in control and give him room in our hearts to teach us to trust him. That was from Psalm 46.10.
0: Now, being still <clears throat> is not a skill that comes natural to me. <laughs> I'm a little
1: busybody.
0: <laughs> I have little busy thoughts, a little busy girl. I, you know, I, I used to have... Uh, teach preschool and there. I just had some little girls in there that were very busy. They had to just be talking all the time and talking to their dolls and playing, and I'm thinking, okay, that's me. I'm just very busy. So I've learned to be still. I've actually learned to practice being still uh, and quiet with myself and quiet inside of myself so that I
1: can learn to calm my busy mind. I'm a, I'm a multitasker. Uh, like at my office, I have three computer screens and a couple of them are split into multiple monitors as well. So there's a lot of stuff. I'm I'm swarming myself with information all the time. And even when I just want to sit still, like I'm not at work and I'm just trying to sit still, it's hard for me to do and not have something else going on as well, like, uh-huh. uh, like the uh-huh. radio or, or uh-huh. any kind of music or uh-huh. even the TV or news on the background. Uh, I mean, I sleep listening to talk radio. Uh-huh. So it's like sometimes I think, well, maybe it's getting into me subconsciously. But there's always got to be something going on. I have a hard time just sitting and being quiet. You know, the motorcycle that I bought has been the biggest... Proprietor of that because yeah, although I got to pay attention to what I'm doing while I'm driving it I don't have any other distractions. You know, there's no music It's just you know, the only thing I hear in my voice in my ears is is my voice and God mm. And that's why I love going out in the country and taking long rides because it's I get really grounded So what uh, you're talking about is a meditation ride pretty much you
0: get to be with you and the Lord meditating
1: and being in, out of your head. I just got to make sure I don't get too comfortable and zone out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: my sewing does that for me. I'm a quilter, and, and if I get too busy, I, my husband will say, you know, you just need a day, a whole day. Just just sew. Don't do not do dishes. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just sew. Because I have found that my work is always there. It's always waiting. And I could literally work from daylight to dark and get up and it'd be there again. Yeah. I could work all night and it'd be there again. So I have to encounter Intentionally set times where I just go and play because I'm more of a worker And that's just kind of the way I was raised you really weren't worth much if you weren't working And so I become more of a workaholic type thing where my work was something that distracted me from my anxiety, so I had to learn to Stop that and to stop the work and to just enjoy my days and enjoy my life right there
1: Busy minds can lead to creativity and joyful industriousness or to torment.
0: Whoa, read that again. <laughs>
1: industriousness.
0: Yeah, busy minds.
1: So busy minds can lead to creativity and joyful industrious or to torment. Yes. So I want my mind to be free enough from anxiety
0: from from stress to be able to be creative. I want to use this busy mind for the glory of God and not to let it land me into suffering and torment. So be careful what you allow yourself to dwell on. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he in Proverbs 23 7. So what I do is I listen when I'm quiet and I'm being still I listen to the thoughts that are coming up and I write them down because those are the things that are in my heart that's causing me anxiety that I need to to discover and release to the Lord. They're usually things that I can't control, things that are bigger than me that I I really just have to detach from. So now we're going to find Calvary. So we've developed, uh, we're learning how to develop uh, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, a spiritual heart of Christ, the mind of Christ. And as we do
1: this, now we want to move things to Calvary. I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians two twenty.
0: Now I think the key word there is Whoop, there it is. Live by faith. By faith. By faith, yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't need faith if I'm trusting in myself. I don't need faith in God. If If I'm trying to maneuver a circumstance and I have a lot of money to fix things, I don't need faith. So I think the Lord puts me in positions between a rock and a hard spot where I have no power in my hands to fix anything. And
1: I have to have the faith that He will. so my independence with myself or my independence in myself is death <clears throat> dependency upon God is strength and not weakness <clears throat> sorry my independence in myself is death
0: Dependency upon God is strength and not weakness. So as I get between that rock and that hard spot, I'm like, okay, Lord, if you can make something of this mess, please do. And the minute I stop trying to fix managing control and just open my hands, it's almost like I see the handcuffs come off of God's hands that I put on there through my manipulating, through my anxiety, my fretfulness. And so as soon as I just stop fretting and I just release it, um... I have a peace, I get a peace, and so then I know that I'm on the right path. So a weak will cannot say no to myself. So I want to be able to develop a strong will, a spiritually strong will, strong enough to submit to the divinity of God, strong enough to, to stop any addiction and control anything I think, say, or do. I want to be able to have the control of, and I want to be able to be under the control of the Holy Spirit Enough that I can govern my life under God. Amen. I I think that's a practice that <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do the whole rest of my life. <laughs> it makes but, me
1: think of my life verse, which is John three thirty, that says, "He must increase, I must decrease." Yeah. I like things that are short and simple like that, yes. and give me perfect direction. Yes.
0: Well, my life verse is Psalm seventeen fifteen. And here's just the gist of it. Do not let me be satisfied until I awake looking like you. I, I, and, um... That's big. It's big. And I think I can just make that my life goal. Lord, just just don't let me be satisfied till I look like you. So I need a strong enough will to yield to God for him to divinely impart his presence to me so that I can stop my fretting thoughts and replace them with that peace and with the truth of God's promises. So there is a time to learn to suffer well. So I want you not to engage your suffering where... It torments you, but I want you to let that suffering mature you. So read the exercise,
1: Bob. Have I placed a protect? well, this is discerning my spiritual condition. Yeah. Number one, have I placed a protective boundary around my eyes, ears, mind, and heart? Two, can I hear the truth in scripture? Three, is scripture alive to me? Four, do I seek out instructions in scripture for my life? Five, can I recognize when the Lord is speaking to me? Six, can I look at an uncontrollable circumstances in my life and trust the Lord? Seven, is my heart free enough to follow Christ no matter what? Mm. And eight, can I say no to myself?
0: So am I spiritually uh, awake with my eyes and my ears or am I blind and deaf? You know, so I want to be able to uh, work on being able to see into scriptures. So when I first started reading scripture, I said to the Lord, it makes no sense to me. I think I'm reading Greek, you know, Spanish, something. It makes no sense to me. So I ask him to make it alive to me. Uh, And then there's just other times that I have to just release it to the Lord. There's no power in my hand to change it. So go with the application, Bobby.
1: An awareness of my spiritual side can be a foreign concept. Recognizing my weakness and seeking to develop the heart and mind of Christ is a journey to wholeness. This is a lifelong process of growing maturity. The rewards are righteousness, joy, and peace, and all good things. Let your heart long for the true riches of the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy mm. in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's Romans fourteen seventeen. So righteousness, that's his clothing of righteousness,
0: not mine. And peace and joy. So if I have peace and joy, I am moving in the kingdom of God. So the principle I want you to learn today is spiritual growth and
1: maturity are intentional. Yeah, it's something we have to actually be proactive about. Yes.
0: And go after it. Yes, if I want spiritual growth, I've got to be intentional to, to consistently seek that. Read the conclusion, So, Bobby. The d-
1: difference between mental prisons and mind control is that I place myself in a mental prison because of past traumas and my inner core responses to negative events in my life. With mind control, someone else exerts dominance over me and controls my thinking and actions and has taken me captive. We are more vulnerable to mind control if we are experiencing our own mental prison traps of thinking. This lesson is teaching us to guard the gateways to our soul, eyes, ears, mind, and heart. Healing comes when we fix our eyes on Christ and not on things of this world. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 112, 7.
0: I love that verse. (laughs) Not afraid of evil tidings. I'm not afraid of what somebody's going to say. And the next lesson we're going to be talking about is that mind control. So stay tuned for that. And here's our verse. As for me... I will behold your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness in Psalm 17:15, Oh Lord God, I am bound in the torment of emotions and I need you. Please teach me how to have the mind of Christ. Help me to fix my mind upon you and to believe in your promises. And this is Angie Meadows and... Bobby Snyder. And we're glad you joined us today with the Rocker Recovery. And stay tuned for our next lesson. Bye-bye. Bye.